Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It is January the 17th of 2024. For some reason, I was about to say 2014, and I was like, no, Nick, that's wishful thinking. <laughs> I was going to say, back. we can, we could try. <laughs> we just start lying well, to everybody. We just... Just all pretend hard enough. We can go back to the before time. Yeah. We all had hope. <laughs> we, can, we can gaslight everybody into believing us that actually there's still hope again, yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's 2024, uh, it's and it's our. <laughs> it, 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 we're already doing another. It's one of those you know weird January weeks where we don't have manga. Yep. Uh, so we're going to be talking about other stuff. But we have for the last several weeks been reading up on a recommendation that you guys gave us. Yes. So we can talk about that before we go off and do some other stuff. I think we'll probably answer some questions, uh, but we'll see where where the winds take us. Uh, and and hopefully not the chilly winds because it's it it's cold right so now. cold. I I can't stand it. Like I have no reason to complain. There's parts of this country that are like negative zero and things like that. But it, like I had to shovel my car and like it's just so cold and I hate it. I've had to shovel twice this month already, and it was immediately as soon as having uh austin as a roommate is over i he was so excited to shovel i was so excited for him to shovel and yet here i am yeah what were we talking about shoveling right how much we hate it yeah yeah i guess (laughs) which and which which girlfriends would be best to help a shovel with I mean, you would have to assume that, uh, like, uh, like uh, I would probably be up there. Like, she's very just straightforward and efficient. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Eco would shovel too long, but yeah, she it would, would it she would deliberately take too much time so that she would suffer. Yeah, but like, everything shoveled and cleared off, so that's good. It would be done. Yeah. She would get it done eventually. She would. You would just have to go check out her occasionally to make sure she's not deliberately freezing to death. Um, Hey, these and, things happen. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking today about. Okay, let me make sure I get this right. Kimi no Kotoka Dai 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 Daisuki na. Ah, fuck. I don't know how to say 100 in Japanese. Ichini no Kanojo. Or the 100 girlfriends who really, 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 really love you. Uh-huh. I think that's it. Hyaku. Hyaku. That's how you do it. Okay. Um, this is a seinen harem romantic comedy series. Emphasis on comedy. Yes. Uh, which follows in the vein of a lot of those harem romantic comedies you see where a guy just ends up with way too many potential love interests. But the twist in this one is the very not potential love interests uh through weird circumstances as in there has been a error made by a literal god of love uh which is that rentaro our protagonist has 100 soulmates uh-huh. and they will suffer a horrible accident and die if he breaks their heart so he has to be in a relationship with all 100 of them as he comes across them and finds them. Uh, 
And Rintaro is a big sucker for love, and he's a very sincere boy, so he just goes for it, and it's just like, I'm just going to, to have all hundred of these girls as my girlfriend. Yes. And that is how we start off. And the series is about him meeting a hundred. Some of them aren't, aren't, aren't exactly what I would call people. They're archetypes. <laughs> but, okay. uh, Whoa, Nick, you can't say that. Uh, <laughs> you had a hundred girlfriends. And, uh, oh, oh, I thought you were going to go in a different direction. I thought you were like no, no, no. calling maybe some of them girls is an incorrect term. <laughs> Look at no, you. No, no, no. Uh, well, some of them would be more qu- qualified as women, and some yeah. of them would be more qualified as children. But we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> and he takes the approach very early on of like, because he when he when there are just two originally in the first chapter, he he does kind of start hatching a sitcom plot in his brain. Like maybe I can like go out with both of them without them finding out about it. And he decides, no, that would be bad. It would be a stupid thing to do and also it would be a dishonest thing to do so I'm not going to do that and he just decides to just be open with all of them about what's going on and fortunately other than a few little hangups here and there that each of them have at, at first they're all just cool with it yeah everybody's uh, like polyamory let's go for it. it uh it's mostly all directed towards him it's not like an interlock like an interlocking weave of it though there are small crossovers small, small cases. every small so cases. often yeah. yeah uh but yeah this is every girl uh once they fall in love with rentaru uh they eventually come to being like actually yes i would like to be it and then like the next chapter will open with him being like hello i would like to introduce yeah this one to the uh the family and uh then you usually just get like a wacky comedy chapter uh showcasing whatever their uh, particular character quirk is yes uh and the format of the series generally is like every few chapters we get like a new girl who who he meets and there is very specifically a like a, a boing kind of moment they where they when they meet eyes there is this immediate like understanding yes. uh of like oh okay this this girl is like is one of his soulmates uh because they both experience love at first sight right uh-huh. away um and so there will be uh, an occasional chapter where he'll he'll meet a girl they'll agree to start going out usually before they know that he's, you know, dating another five, another ten, another twenty girls already. Um, but in some cases, they do; they are aware of the situation ahead of time. Uh, and then they'll have uh, a usually more dramatic chapter of that romance developing uh, than is kind of standard for the series. Because a lot of the chapters that deal with just like, okay, here's just, you know, like Rentaro, the Rentaro family, as it comes to be known, just kind of doing stuff together, tends to be a lot goofier. Yes. Uh, there will, they'll get into uh, plots where they'll be introducing the new girl into the group, uh, or someone will come up with something like, uh, you know, there is some experiment that Kasuri, the science one, wants to run, and so everyone becomes her guinea pigs for a bit. 
or there's literally a chapter where because uh, 100 girlfriends started getting merch uh, they just did an entire chapter about all the mer- about the merch and all the different things you could do with it, all the and all the weird, goofy things that the different characters are inspired to do with them. Occasionally, there will be a chapter that is about an, a character who was already been established in the harem, uh-huh. exploring them a little bit more. Uh, but for the most part, once a character is introduced, then because there are so many girlfriends it kind of becomes and now let's run through the cycle of all of their gags yes a lot of different times uh, there there is a lot of that so i, I will say this this series has um a very bold uh premise of well, this guy is going to get together with 100 women now the series is not done yeah. i think uh as it is in japan he has like 20 some odd girlfriends 26 or 27 something like that um he they they have not like cut anybody like i thought there would be characters who would kind of fade into the background uh but no uh once they're there they kind of stick around <laughs> and yep. uh just uh persist everywhere uh and when you you get certain moments that you're like i applaud the insane task that the artist must be taking on to yeah. constantly have to draw, uh, you know, twenty some characters in in a whole in, bunch of uh, angles, increasingly grounded group shots. Yes, yeah. like it, it, I thought it was wild when they got to like ten, and I was like, I'm starting to not understand how you can go places with these characters because you can't just mm-hmm. be like, all of us are going to go out for dinner. Like you'd reach a point where you're like, well, the whole restaurant is devoted to us, which honestly, that might be a plot point in a chapter. I I, I do not know uh, certain levels of it, um, or maybe that's when they're going to get to. But it, it, it is comical just on the nature, the small uh, city worth of people <laughs> that just hang around <laughs> Rentaru at basically all times. Yeah, uh, I and I do think that so this is a, a like a, a seinen series. It's not a shonen series. So I think that there is more of an understanding of oh, if you have read harem romance yes. stories before, then you'll have a little bit more of an appreciation for what happens in this series. There will be you know, jokes about tropes that happen within it or jokes about just romantic comedies that involve multiple love interests in general uh, that you'll kind of have more of an appreciation for because it spoofs them, it parodies them. Uh, and also, it is very much pitched on the idea of, hey, have you ever read a romantic comedy series? And you're like, oh, but I don't want some of these girls to not wind up with the protagonist and only one of them is going to wind up with the, with them and the others are going to be sad uh-huh. uh if, if you have that kind of level of empathy to certain characters then this series says hey all the girls wind up with them none of them are left out in the cold none of them are going to be sad at the Presu- end presumably we don't know it hasn't ended that's yet. the premise <laughs> but that does seem to be the promise is that all of these girls will be happy with the relationship with the main character at the end of it usually the premise that sucks the most at the end of a harem manga uh the everybody's my girlfriend actually uh, is uh, just the premise from the onset so it's a lot less frustrating because you're just like well they're all agreeing to this they all they all came into this right. under the same uh perception 
Uh, and yeah, as you said, this is actually kind of a bold thing yet that this is a polyamorous relationship. And as you said, it is mostly in the direction of just the one guy in the group. Uh, but even so, it is nice to just in general see that portrayed as this very positive thing for the people within it. Mm. Uh, you know, all the people in it are, you know, weirdos who bounce off of each other in weird ways. But the relationship, not just the fact that each of them are dating Rentaro, but the fact that they are part of this collective group is very positive for them. A lot yes. of them that have hangups, like being self-conscious about themselves or uh, just not being in general able to relate to people because they're shy or they uh, aren't very good at, portray at portraying general social cues and stuff. Uh, they're, they kind of end up getting taken to this group and they get improved by virtue of hanging out with all these people with different personalities who are able to support them in different ways. Uh, there was a chapter that, that uh, featured uh, kind of some of the middle girlfriends. <laughs> uh, where were they? Mimimi and Mime. Uh, I think okay. that's how they pronounce their names. Mimimi uh, Mimi, so, Mimi Mimi is the beauty queen one, and Mime yes. is the, She's the uh, Komi San can't girl. communicate girl. <laughs> yes. So, and I think that Rentara starts dating them like one after the other. Yeah, I believe two. they are um, direct follow ups. Uh, and so they've got very contrasting personalities. Uh, but there is a chapter which focuses on how Mime is dealing with uh, a paparazzo at, <laughs> who works for the school paper. And she's like, I don't like being seen and stuff. And Mimimi helps her out with that. And she does this very beautiful thing where she says, like, hey, you know, look, you, you knit and stuff. I'm like, look, you knitted this sweater. How do I look in this sweater? And she's like, you look, you look beautiful. It's like, yes but i look beautiful because of this thing that you made this mm -hmm. beauty is something that you are responsible for and you should you should you should be aware of that that the that there is beauty within you and stuff and it's it's just a very sweet moment between these two characters who seem so very different from each other but one very sincerely paying a compliment to the other to boost their confidence and those are some of my favorite moments that happen in this story is that when we kind of step back from the very rapid fire pace of a lot of the jokes that happen, there is some very sweet writing in, yeah. in the relationships between some of these characters. Um, a lot of it did oh. feel, however, like, um, like sket dance, I think in a way, okay. in terms of a lot of the, kind of tone of the series is this is like not a very serious situation this is like a very kind of ridiculous thing and there's just joke after joke after joke after joke uh, in quite a few of the chapters yes this series has um a tone to it that you realize very quickly is comedy focused ultimately this scenario is ridiculous and everyone will treat it as such um and then also, this is a very meta series that gets more meta as it goes on. There reaches a point where, like, every chapter has some kind of meta joke about the author or artist There's and the situation them. that they're in. Like, oh, the artist drew this sign in this position, so now it's going to really hurt when it hits you. Or, oh, the, this is too risque of a thing. What was the writer thinking? And 
the characters will even acknowledge it. So, like, I will say right off the bat, if that is something that interests you or is a turnoff, it is big to know that this series is very meta. This is not like in-universe jokes. It'll very frequently call attention to itself. And that is, for some people, a big turn. Like, they're, they're like, I love Deadpool. You know, I love fourth wall breaking. I love that stuff. And for some people, it is, like, anti-comedy. So, like, keep that in mind before you go into this. I think that that is definitely the big thing is uh, as you're reading it, the sense of humor that you start to get from the author is going to probably be the main thing that decides if you're going mm-hmm. to like this series or not. Um, I actually read uh, wh- while I was getting ready for this, I actually read an interview that featured. Um, so the, the author of the series is Rikito Nakamura. The series is drawn by uh, uh Yukiko Nozawa, so which is it, which is interesting because it's a harem series that's written by a man but drawn by a woman. Uh, that's kind of interesting there. But uh, Nakamura commented on because he did, was doing an interview with uh, the author of Kaguya-sama. Okay, and uh, he said like you know he said that he drew inspiration from Kaguya-sama because like that's a romantic comedy series that is primarily focused on the jokes, and so he set out with a hundred girlfriends to like, yes, this is going to be a romantic comedy series, but it's going to be big on jokes first and foremost are going to be the focus of it. And I do think that like, like I said, I do like some of the moments where it gets more dramatic and gets more romantic, but there are entire chapters that are just like, this is just a barrage of jokes yes. and it, it, you're just going to, if you don't, if you find it funny, great. You'll have a great time. If you don't, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, as you mentioned earlier, like as the cast grows larger and larger, there is less time to like give every character space for their joke. And it, it, some chapters are just like, here's a premise. Here's how this character acts. Here's how this character reacts. Here's how this character reacts. And like, I get it because I imagine some level of enjoyment from this series uh, on an individual level comes from the girls you particularly care about. You're like, I like these ones best or whatever. So you want to see their reactions. This, the series doesn't like shortchange anybody. It's never like, oh, uh, Nana is going to go off over there for a while and she'll show up when we do a swimsuit chapter or something like, no, like no matter who they are, they are there basically. Um, <laughs> and that leads to a lot of chapters that are very packed so i i don't want to i guess pull too far away from where where i guess we're headed which is did the humor in this series work for us or not (laughs) (laughs) which the answer to that is 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 very mixed for me because there are times that i am like there is legitimately good jokes in this series jokes that annoy me how much i enjoy them but then there are also some jokes at some characters who like i am like mentally exhausted when it shows mm. up like there there have been some chapters where i read three four pages into it saw what the premise was and i was like nah i could just <laughs> <laughs> there was a chapter i opened the, the girls started turning into babies i was like nope there's nothing in this for me i'm not i'm getting nothing out of this i don't i know i can assume where this is gonna go not interested (laughs) Uh, and things like that do just happen where you're like oh okay sometimes this is gonna work and then sometimes uh the joke is just maybe something that's 
not going to work for some people. I don't mean this is like a negative. Comedy is subjective. Some people find he's really funny. Uh, and some characters, like I think you mentioned in our Discord, there's a character you really disliked early on. I yeah. don't I don't know if that ever there changed. To be, there grew to be more than one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, eventually when the cast uh, quintuples yeah. in size. Yeah. Um, I mean, so the first five girls that are part of the harem are so there's Hakari and Karane as the first two, and they're very much like you can totally see like there's a lot of influence of like you know the main love triangle from a lot of different yes. series at work here. You know, very voluptuous feminine girl with Hakari, much more kind of tomboyish uh, girl in Karane. Uh, Karane is the sundere of the group, and she gets a little bit flanderized with time, unfortunately, yeah. because. As the cast expands, you have to have much narrower and more pronounced character traits to make them stand out amongst everyone. Uh, but so for the first few, it was like kind of just getting used to the idea of like just having the unopened relationship with very few characters. Uh, there's a very weird uh, comedy chapter to kind of get you used to it, which is that it's like, okay, we're dating. So we, we're going to have our first kiss, but it's like, oh, but all three of us are dating. So it's not really fair if if R Rintaro has the first kiss with one over the other. So like Rintaro hatches this insane plan that involves like rolling dice and wearing noise canceling headphones and blindfolds to randomly determine which girl he'll he'll kiss first while they're also blindfolded and wearing noise canceling headphones so they don't know which one gets kissed first and they keep on stumbling into each other and tripping and stuff and then they're eventually just like why don't we just like all form a circle and kiss each other on the lips <laughs> and it's like that's 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 solid like i don't i don't i, I i'm not sure if i if I can say like, oh, I laughed at everything, but it's like it's it's nice to like get in, used to the pace of the series and everything. Yes, uh, and also it launches one of the few uh, sub ships, I guess you could say, <laughs> because Kakari and 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 Karane have this thing that comes up occasionally, which indicates that they're subconsciously attracted to each other as well. Yes. Uh, which would be nice to see explored as not a joke. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it potentially might. <laughs> Who knows? There's uh, there's like at least 70 girlfriends left to get to, Nick. There's a lot of time. Eventually, he's just going to be like, the starting offense for the uh, Dallas Cowboys is my new girlfriend. <laughs> we just cut out <laughs> 11 girls at once. <laughs> done and done. They, they all got hit by a gender beam or something like that. <laughs> This the series has been growing since 2019, and if the pace of the number of girlfriends that Rintaro has right now is to be any indication, it's only about a quarter of the way through. So yeah. there is potentially a lot of time to explore some stuff. Uh, there is uh, a girl named Chiska who joins after that. She's this very small, quiet girl, so quiet because she's so shy about speaking that she just like writes stuff down. She's she's mini Komi-san basically. Yeah. But she doesn't actually write anything down. I, I'm sorry. She, I, I she uses text-to-speech from her books, basically. She finds yes. passages because she's memorized all of her books. So she just finds the appropriate phrase. She's basically Bumblebee from the Transformers mm -hmm. movie. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Using sound yeah, clips from existing uh, stuff. Uh, but Rentaro does this thing, and this is like the first indication of like, okay, 
yeah, this guy, this guy is dedicated enough that he can do this, which is that when he meets her, uh, he understands that she has that difficulty and she's getting really self-conscious about it because she's like, I can't ever properly speak with someone because I just have to like point this out to them. And so many people are so impatient with me and stuff. And so he spends multiple sleepless nights getting a speech to text program set up so that she can just pull stuff from the passages of books that she already has memorized and use that to transmission, transmit them to speech so that she can talk with people. And it's like this man. All right. You're good. You're a good kid. Yeah. You're a dork, (laughs) but you really do. You really do care about each of these girls with that kind of intensity that you want to make them happy. And that is, I think, genuinely the the crux upon which this series works is very frequently um, Ritar will have to run into somebody or run into just even an existing situation in his relationship where he has to kind of prove he's like, look, no matter what, I will die for these girls. And every one of them who I fall in love with, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing to me. So even though he will fall in love with people who you're like, interesting uh he is like look this is what it is i'm giving everything to you and i will make you happy and it's you know it's he commits to everything and i think if there was even the slightest bit of like a pulled back authenticity to that character this entire series would fall apart Mm -hmm. so i do appreciate that he legitimately does seem like he's uh, the kind of guy who's like i will do everything for these girls it also definitely helps that, you know, the series, which is a very comedy series, that he's also funny uh-huh. most of the time. Uh, he's not just the straight man compared to everyone else. It's like, no, this guy is wild and he's he's got to be a little bit nuts in order to, you know, try and do this. Uh, but also he's just like madly passionate about how much he loves individually all of these girls. Uh, there's an early chapter uh, where... He, you know, he talks about he, he expresses like, yeah, you know, there is a possibility that I will, you know, not do this successfully. Uh, but he's like, if I ever, be, you know, betray the trust of any of you, uh, I am going to commit seppuku. And they're like, all right. Yeah, I've already ordered the knife on Amazon. But he's just <laughs> he's and, like, he's like, no, no, I'm serious. I will not allow myself to. <laughs> in fairness, he also knows he is cosmically meant, cosmically meant to die should he fail. So, uh, but yes, he is also going to take it in his own hands at that point, I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to call attention to a moment I like. I know we're kind of running through all the no, girls, no, no, um, but uh there's a particular character they introduce, uh, Ik- Iku, I want to say is her yes. name, the sports girl, who they introduce. Yes. She is a baseball player. Uh, her gimmick is that she's a baseball player, but also a masochist. So she loves pain. Uh, she has there's a weird side story about her brother accidentally telling her, like, the yeah. pain, the pain is good. And then it like cuts yeah. to like her as a child. It awakens something. Yeah, I was like, okay, not not a fan of this. And I'll get to some other chapters not a fan yeah. of. Yeah. Um, but uh, she she's, uh, you know, the the tomboy sports girl. And her whole chapter is just like my entire team left for a training arc in, in America. Yeah. And if we don't win our practice match our team gets disbanded so they'll have no team to come back to. So I need 
eight other uh, girls to play on my my uh, baseball team, basically. So of course, Rentaro and all of his girlfriends team up and they help. And they're playing against like these straight up like shonen rival team yeah. themed around some. They're themed around dinosaurs and raptors yeah. for some reason, <laughs> very randomly. Um, and they reach a point where they're like, oh, hey, uh, it's like the top of the eighth. They're like, if we can get to the top of the ninth or whatever, and we're up by a couple, like one more run, we'll just automatically win the game, basically. So they zero in on one person. They're like, who's the weak link of the team? And they pick Chizuka because they're like, look at her. She's so soft. And they just wait till she's on base and they just go, oh, you're really kind of laying your team down, aren't you? Oh, you're really kind of messing up, aren't you? That's really rather pathetic of you. Well, oh well. And it destroys her. She cries. They immediately, uh, like, get... Or no, she's, I think, on base or something like that. And she misses a ball because of it. Uh, Or misses a catch. And they they get a run off of it. And it destroys her. And she, like, goes back to her dugout. And all of the team like turns around and they legit all go super saiyan in their anger the fact that someone dared to shit on chizuka the cutest and smallest member of their family and there's something like authentically very cool about this group of just weird losers who all decide like in this moment like you've activated ultra instinct (laughs) you fucked up dicks all right and uh moments like that are very silly but also genuinely very cool as well they have several of those throughout the series of moments where characters are just like hey i've been pushed to my limit trying to help this character but i'm gonna push actually a little bit further just for them and you're like oh yeah i do uh i like shizuka I like AI. That is her name, AI. It's a joke because she's, you know, kind of robotic. She's the fourth one. And around that point in the series, I was like, hey, you know what? This is looking pretty good. Everything's coming up, Nick. (laughs) Got some good, good jokes. Got some nice characters. Rintaro's got sweet interactions with all of them. Who's next? Oh, it's 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 a... Goofy looking science lady with glasses. Oh no. Uh, so the series introduced. She's the fifth girlfriend. She has lots of um, drugs that <laughs> she, do wild, wacky science things. I was going to say, she's the, the character that was added to the story to explain why hijinks can happen uh, yep. throughout most of the chapters. <laughs> If you ever need an excuse for why something way out there happens, Kasuri's drugs did it. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's not the reason I don't like her. Don't like her because she wears diapers. There's, there's a it lot. Will not stop. They this keep whole thing. bringing it up. It's like to the point where I'm like, at first I was like, this feels like a fetish. Okay. Then it starts to get repeated so often. I'm like, I think this isn't a fetish this is just a bad joke <laughs> it is it's just a bad joke because she'll literally just be like i gotta go to the bathroom oh well i'm wearing a diaper i'll do it here and it's, and they're in the or it'll be like oh she switched bodies with someone else and then she'll be like oh i gotta go to the bathroom i'll do it right here it's like no you're not wearing a diaper in that body want want they're, they're, they, come, they come across a puddle and she's like, couldn't be me. I'm wearing a diaper. Like, wah, wah. Why are we still bringing this up? 
Um, so I didn't like that. Now uh, here's here's. Can I didn't I, like her speech patterns. Uh, <laughs> can I can I can I ask? Did she ever redeem yourself, particularly around that baseball match that I had? Because that was where I started to turn in favor of her. Because she's also just the dumbest idiot. And she walks into batting practice with three bats, one in her mouth and one in each hand. Every time people have to keep telling her, they're like, you only use one. Like, she comes in with two gloves, they're like, you only get one. She's trying to rake the field with two rakes, they're like, stop, Jess, use one. Why do you keep doing this? Nah, I didn't care for those. Oh wow, that that was where I was like, those oh. are just those, those are just jokes that I just didn't care for. Okay. There, I mean, that there were some jo- for as many jokes as there were in the series, I did laugh a couple of times. Yes, there were a lot of times that I just kind of that there were a lot of times that I also went, I didn't laugh, but it's in that way because I'm just reading something by myself. Where I went, that's ah, a funny joke, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of times where I was just like, okay, moving on, yeah. didn't didn't care. Uh, and there were some where I was like, that's a bad joke, and you should feel bad for making it. All the diaper jokes were, that's a bad joke, and you should feel bad for making it. <laughs> Nick pointed at the manga directly. <laughs> you hit it with the newspaper. Bad! No! Bad. You, no. you should know better. No! Uh, and someone so, was like, Nick, actually, negative reinforcement like that doesn't teach the manga to stop doing that. That's actually just damaging to their psyche. You're a bad person for doing it, and the behavior won't improve. Oh, um, Kasuri's st- stuff does kind of like get more okay, though, yeah. because in the same way that better characters than her got a little bit worse because they couldn't get focused because she didn't have to carry as much of the comedy in the story when more cast members got added they didn't have to make as many diaper jokes with her yes <laughs> um <laughs> what what a sentence <laughs> yeah it's uh and that's around the point where things start to get weirder in terms of some of the love interests they get introduced we do get like some that are much that are fairly standard kind of characters as as said Iku, she sports girl sports girl uh mimi you know kind of narcissistic beautiful girl Meme is you know the very shy girl uh each of them also have like just you know that jokes around their personalities and stuff that are kind of out there but aren't fully related to you know that premise as a character but then we also start to branch out more in terms of the 100 girlfriends aren't all just high school girls. They're all like part of Rintaro's class. Now, when I say that, I'll begin by talking about the seventh uh, girlfriend. We'll skip over the six. We'll come back. Okay. To we'll come back. Yeah, we'll, come back. We, we're, we'll, we'll come back. To we're going to put a little pin in number we'll six. Pin in that. Pin in that. We'll put a pin in the best girlfriend, according to some of you. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Kurumi. Uh, so she's, you know, she's got like some, she's got a, a rowdy temper because she gets hungry very er- uh, easily and she gets hangry and she's got a weird, a weird joke associated with her where she basically uh, plays word association with, with a lot of weird words until she comes up with the food and then she gets hungry because she wants that food. Uh, she is not in high school. She's a third year middle schooler, as in she's in the year below Rentaro. Uh-huh. So it's like, oh man, you're dating a middle school girl. It's like, it's she's like 13 and he's like 14, or she's 14 and he's 15. It's it, and she's like also in the school that's attached to the high school and stuff. So it's like, all right, it's 
It's, that's fine. That's I fine. don't even recall. I don't. I can't even recall if any character actually comments on that. I think. I think maybe it's, once. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's thing of just like whatever. Yeah, she's just kind of short. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not like a big deal that she's a little bit younger than them. Uh, later on, there is a character. What is her name? Chio. Yes. Who is like tw- 11, 12. And mm-hmm. it's like, she's this a, is starting to get weird. She's <laughs> a first year at, I believe, that school, the junior high school. Yes. So she's like three years younger than Rentaru. And it's like, this is getting weird because she looks like a child. <laughs> it's like, um, I don't like, like, I don't, I don't love the speed at which people in our, our chat are, are like typing her age. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's not helpful to know that. Yeah. Uh, there it's, there's stuff about her where she's just very like straight laced and stuff. She, she can't stand things not being neat and everything, but it's like, oh no, man, Rentaro's also dating some adults in this group. Uh, and like one of them is, we'll start with the first not horrible one, which is Mado, who is a maid, uh, in Hakari's household. Uh, and there's there's a lot of stuff that involves her like not valuing herself. She only really values herself in terms of how she can help other people. Uh, and that's even when Rentara kind of gets through to her a few different times, it, it's a recurring joke that she is just like obsessed with helping, you know, being only a value to her mistress and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. <sighs> Get to it, Nick. The people need to know. They so, need to know. The first really out there. Who's number six? Let's take the... We're going back to that pin. We're taking, taking the, the pin, pin out. out. Hakari's mother, Hahari. Uh, oh, she has uh, another daughter around Rantaru's age. No. So her mother, Hahari, uh, doesn't approve of Hakari being in this relationship, and there's a big thing they have, you know, a thing that you see a lot, actually, in a lot of these romances, where, like, oh, they're being kept away by the very wealthy parent and stuff, and so they engage in this big rescue. Uh, So it's, and it's something where, like, all the girlfriends go with Rentaro to try and pull this off. Uh, All of them get involved in different ways. There is actually a very nice thing that happens between Karane Karane and Hakari because, you know, they've kind of been the rivals within this group up to this point. And this very much establishes them as, no, they're friends. They they care about each other. And it does actually progress their relationship, even though they have spats from that point forward. There's a lot less tension between them afterward. But in the course of that... Rentaro ends up meeting Hahari and meeting eyes with her. And it turns out she's one of the girlfriends. Now, I want to reiterate, she is Hakari's mother. Uh-huh. So there is, there is, there has to be an age difference there. And they, like, try and get it as low as they possibly can while still having her realistically be Hakari's mother. I think she's, like, 28, I think. Something uh, around. I think she was thirteen when she had uh, Hikari. So yeah, twenty eight would make sense. Twenty nine. So twenty nine. It looks like according to, of course, the official hundred Kanojo wiki. And so okay, so she is almost literally twice Rentaro's age, 
and uh, she's going to be dating him. It's like, okay, well, all right. Well, how do you play that? Well, in the introductory story that involves her, there is a lot of stuff that is revealed about her deceased husband who was also like very young and cute looking and stuff. So she kind of associates that with Rentaro. Uh, but how she felt like she couldn't allow Hakari to be in love with someone because she was only going to get hurt. And she feels guilty about loving someone new and stuff. And, and she, Rentaro literally has conversations with the spirit of her dead husband who is like, I wish you all the best and stuff. But that, that it, it's, it's weird because the series is weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's the focus at first. However, again, we have to narrow down and focus on certain jokes with characters in order to make them stand out with the crowd. What do we do with Ahari? She's a pedophile. <laughs> she is a pedophile. I'm sorry. Guys, this woman, it's not cool, all right? It's not that she's dating Rentaro. It is that she is sexually assaulting like every other girl in this group as well as him including her own daughter this is not cool <laughs> um do you mind if i piggyback off of that thought <laughs> and I go ahead you? so Jump. let's go together let's do this <laughs> like hand in hand nick um there's a chapter we talked last year about the infamous monster musume and we mentioned that there was a chapter uh, where the harpy girl lays an egg uh, that we were like, this is one of the most revolting <laughs> chapters we've ever had to read. <laughs> this chapter is not on the same uh, tier, but it's like just below it. Like if that's yeah. S tier, this is high A. Mm. There is a chapter about French kissing. Yeah. One of the girls is like, I really want to French kiss Rentaru. And Rentaru is like, Totally understandable. Your sure. boyfriend or girlfriend. Sure. Yeah. Rentaro is like, I don't. I. He's like, I want to try to help you to do this. But I can't let you have my first. Like, it, it's not fair to all the other girls. Like, essentially, the whole thing is just like, I, I need to, like, work this out. So instead, what he does is he tricks her into thinking she's going to French kiss him but instead she's actually French kissing Hahari, the 29-year-old woman who is, again, very weird with a lot of these girls and asks them to call her mommy uh, while she has, like, a hologram suit on to make her look yes. like Rentaro. And then afterward is like, well, that was crazy. And then they reveal as, like, an extra little funny detail she French kissed Hikari when she was a baby? And, and also, there was a point where, like, all the girls were tied down and blindfolded, and one of them randomly was made to make out with Hikari, too, while she was... Well, it, it's wild. It's such, it's, it's such a weird place to go, because you're like, well, French kissing is erotic, and we want to touch on it. How do we handle it in this series? And the 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 boardroom decision that was uh, Rentaru tricks her into making out with someone uh, almost three times her age is uh, not the call I would have made. I, I I feel like that was uh, not the best. But I guess twice her age. She's twenty nine. That is like I'm not exaggerating. That what happens in that 
That is sexual assault. Yes. It, it is. Because it they, is. They used to make movies about this in the 80s and think it was, like, cool and kitschy. So I'm not cool with that. And whenever, and that definitely, because that happens pretty early on in the story, all yeah. things considered. This is like 160 chapters long it's, at this point. This happened in like chapter 30, I think. Uh-huh. And you just kind of have to have that knowledge of like, no, no, no. This is the kind of stuff that Hahari is like explicitly trying to get from all the characters in this group. The- almost all of whom she is much older than and are underage for her. The joke with the Hanazonos is that they're both kind of perverts. Like they both want things to happen. And for Akari, you're like, okay, one of the girls being lewd makes sense. When her mom does it, you're like, I wish you were perverted for like age appropriate characters. Like I, I'm not even against there being a mommy character in this series. Like fine, go for it. Yeah. I, I'm fine with her being motherly towards all of them and even playing into mommy fe- like king stuff or whatever. Sure. It's the fact that she's willing to do any kind of stuff with these these girls that I'm like, no, I hate this. Stop, please. No more. I don't I don't want no boss. It's and she's just kind of constantly doing that going forward, too. She's like any chance that she gets, she's like, oh, do you want to make out with mommy? It's like, God. With everyone, it's so gross and weird, uh, and it was one of the big things that has that would take me out of this series. When yeah. I would try and get into it, I by the end of this, I very much kind of grew to like. I don't. I grew to kind of like dread the like raffle of comedy uh, yes. chapters because eventually Harry's going to do a creepy thing, and it's, we're all just going to have to pretend it's all okay. <laughs> Um, but when you get somewhat more dramatic things that happen and get away from that, then I do think that that allows you to appreciate that this is generally a very well written series, at least in terms of like, it's well thought out. And a lot of the interactions are, you know, unique between individual characters, uh, and you don't have to deal with that <laughs> with, yeah. with Ahari if it, uh, so long as she's not one of the characters that are involved in the subplot uh, yeah. that happens. As I said, there, there was a way that we, this character is Ninja saying that you, you just focus on a different aspect of that character. But I get that they were like, oh, we want to make it hereditary that uh, like this family is just uh, perverts, essentially. And it, it, it doesn't work great. But again, I, I don't like... <sighs> I hate being the fucking, like, creepy joke police, which is just to say, like, I, a lot of people enjoy this series, and uh, Har, whatever her name is, is not the deal breaker for many people in the same way they're like, look, I can enjoy my hero's comedy without thinking about Mineta or whatever, so, you know, I'm not yeah. here to say, like, this is a bad series objectively. I think this series has a lot of merits in a lot of ways, Um but more often than not, I think the series wasn't my speed. As I said, there were a lot of chapters where I got like a couple pages in and I was like, I think I could just skip through this. I know this isn't going to be my speed. Uh, I usually kind of got excited when there was like a new character introduced or a chapter that like they do do it actually. Like usually like once per volume, they'd be like, hey, this is going to be a chapter that's going to be 
about Chizuka. There's going to be, here's a chapter, yeah. and we're going to refocus on I a little bit in a new character she has a relationship with. Like, they would do those things, and I, I always appreciated them. Um, but the chapters that were, as you said, just like a roulette of like one-off jokes or whatever, those were the ones that were like sometimes the most obnoxious. It was a little bit better when they pair them up. Uh, there was a chapter where after Mame gets introduced where they decide to have all the girls go hide and seek and they mm-hmm. split off basically into pairs. And I thought that was yeah. actually good. I thought there was like legitimately cool combos. Uh, Shizuka goes with me, 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 and they both just end up falling asleep in uh, a cabinet. And there's like an end of chapter joke about it that the reason they fell asleep is because they decided to play that word game where like, one person says a word, the next person has to follow up. But no matter what Mimimi says, she ends it with indeed. And then no matter what uh uh It was Kasuri, I Kasuri, think. yeah, sorry. Whatever Kasuri does, she ends it with an E. So they just are going it's the same letters back and forth over and over again. Then they're both just their, too stupid to care. Yeah. 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 Uh yeah, and I, I like that, you know, you can see like individual friendships develop with the group. I yes. think um like AI and and she's gonna definitely get along because uh you know, they're both very fastidious type of characters. Uh I like that when Mimi is introduced, she has a pre existing relationship with with AI. Um and I like how she's made out to be this like bitchy rival character. Uh, because like oh she was really serious about winning this beauty competition with ai in the past but it turns out oh she she secretly had entered ai into the competition because she wanted them to go through it together so that then they could be friends afterward and it's like yeah. it's like this is really sweet, it's uh, sweet. Th- 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 and it's th- because th- she thought she was so beautiful too she's like yeah this person is the most gorgeous in school um, there's there's a lot of unique stuff. I actually just like that they eventually start building enough of a cast that they can kind of have people take on similar roles. Like, eventually they have a joke about the fact that, like, Kurumi is the only other person at the start, like, Karane, who can, like, straight man a lot of these, yeah. like, silly personalities. They're like, this is finally another person to, like, handle the fact that, like, everyone else here is a complete freak show. Uh, but you have, like, a relatively normal personality or, like you're a bit more like standoffish whereas every other girl is like very very open to it so i like that they play with that a little bit and like there's almost like sub factions of like character archetypes within the giant archetype of this harem uh i want i want to uh as before i get we get into just pure closing thoughts i want to talk about one of my favorite little stories that happens in the series Absolutely. which is the one where karane takes a drug that causes her to stop being a sundere. And so she can no longer, you know, like uh, say as if I would blah, blah, blah kind of thing. She actually expresses her feelings straightforwardly and stuff. And at first she's like, no, I actually really like this because whenever I want to let Rintaro know how much I love him and I, I like the things that he does for me, I always get, really sarcastic with him instead and say the opposite of what I want him to say. I can be sincere with him and show him how I feel instead. Uh, And so everyone's like, Oh my God, we got to get her back to how she is. But she's like, I don't want to do that though. I I, I, like, I, I hate that I was that way, but Rentaro takes her off so that they could be alone. And he takes her to the place where he first asked her and Hikari out. And he says, 
listen, if you want to be this way because you like being this way, then I am 100% behind that. I will support you and I will love you just as much as I did before this change happened for you. But if you are doing this because you hated who you were before, then I can't accept that because I loved who you were before. I loved every aspect of her and you are denigrating the person that I loved. And he just basically tells her like, look, I know that sometimes you say things that you know you don't mean and stuff, but I love that about you. And it's, it's just this very beautiful and sweet sentiment of, uh, of like, you did not need to change. You were always perfect, but also like, Hey, if you do want to change this way, then I'll also still love you. And because she helps her get over that aspect of herself, she's like, okay, let's do a big shonen thing where we get my Cinderiness back. And they have a big goofy plot in the next chapter about it. And I do want to pay respect to the fact that there were some parts of the series. I thought that's very sweet. That's very good. Ultimately, because I don't 100% jive with the comedy uh, in this series, I think parts of it come off as very weird and very creepy. Uh, I don't think I'm going to like keep up with this. I can see what people like about it, but it's ultimately not really for me. Mm-hmm. I will uh, add to this then. So this uh, is a uh, Shonen Jump Plus series. However, it is not available through Manga Plus. Uh, it is currently being translated by Seven Seas. Seven Seas, yeah. Uh, and is at eight volumes translated. Uh, the series is at, I think, 16 volumes in Japan. So this is another one of those series where, unfortunately, the translation is, is relatively far behind it. Yeah. Um, so I'm not at a place yet where I can comment on all the girls. Uh, and I don't know if I'm going to get <laughs> into a place where I can comment on all the girls. I think that there is something in here that is cool. This game, or this uh, manga rather, almost works like a gotcha game where you kind of almost keep mm. reading because you're like, I bet there's a unit, like a, a new girlfriend coming out who I'm really going to be into. <laughs> uh, like, you, you just find another one who you're like, this is absolutely my type. Because many of the ideas are just like a couple different archetypes thrown together. Here's Tomboy plus uh, Masochist. Here's, you know... Um, a foodie and kind of like a gloomy girl. Here's uh, a like homebody and then also a quiet shy type. You know, like they just they just mesh a couple things together and then give you a character. And you then you gotta get the uh, you gotta get the patch notes for each volume so you yeah. can know whether or not you're gonna subscribe for that season. Yeah, you gotta know if the battle pass is gonna be worth it or not, or if you think you could just uh, uh, grind stamina uh, modules or something. Um, and I will say that that, I think, is going to uh, work for some people in a way that's going to be really engaging. I don't have necessarily that same way. Like, I, I don't, like, kind of look at things for, like, waifus in that same way or mm. anything like that. Just not how my brain necessarily works. Is that I have that's favorites. The, that's the other gotcha game aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have characters I liked. I ended up liking Iku a lot. Uh, I really liked Mimi and like Kurumi are probably like the ones that I said were like my favorites. About, um, for, about the same for me. Yeah. But, you know, that said, like I'm sure there's like characters that would come out that I'd also really like, but I think I'd also just get surrounded by a lot of content, especially if I'm paying for it. Which I'm, you know, yeah. I, I bought the Seven Seas volumes uh, for this, uh, and a lot of it, I'm just like, I don't want to. 
<laughs> keep buying these. So that that's my general thought, which is to say, I, I think this series is, has merit. This is, I'll, I, this is the praise I want to give it. This is a lot better than I was worried this was going to be yeah. when we took it. I thought this was going to be really, really bad. Um, but that said, I do not think this is a series I will continue reading. Maybe if it goes uh, free at some point, but I don't think that's the case. Usually if something gets picked up by Seven Seas, that means mm-hmm. no one else is really going to be touching it. Generally speaking, yeah. Um, I will also say that if this ends up kind of being a proof of concept thing for a... I guess more sincere or maybe not more sincere. Cause I feel like there is a lot of actual sincerity in like the relationships when done individually. It's just that the series is so self-aware and so self and so referential of, the, of what it is that it is. It, it it's, it's very much aware. It's like, this is a ridiculous premise. Yeah. You know, it's like a hundred. It, 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 it is, it does not ignore that. And I think that if, if there's going to be any series where it's like literally, the male protagonist has a hundred girlfriends. You can't play that one hundred percent straight. It is that that that's that's a bit too much for for people to handle. But I do think that if you had a series that had you know a more limited cast and you wanted to explore the idea of like no no they're all just dating each other, then yeah I think that this is a demonstration that you can do that and have some wholesome moments with the familial kind of relationship that is built there, and a lot of. You know, this harem series, you know, very much go for the opposite of what this does. And it's just like, yeah, they, you know, we'll tease that he couldn't end up with all of them, but there's only one. Or we don't actually have an ending where he ends up with any of them, Yeah, uh, you know, taking the coward's way out. So, yeah, I, I, I do appreciate what this series set out to do. Uh, I just am not going to keep on reading it. Well, uh, this, is, this is an important question to ask, Nick. Maybe the, the most important question to ask. Uh, this series is going to keep running. Uh, there's going to be new girls introduced. If some, what's what's the girl archetype that they get introduced that that audience members tell you about? Where you're like, all right, I guess I'll check this out. No, I think that we already had the ones that I would be into. Uh, into honestly, um, like I very much liked. Uh, honestly, I was kind of waiting on the very shy girl to show up, and then Mei showed up, and I was like, oh yeah, she's great. Yeah, you know, she's you know she's she's. She's got like a ninja gimmick thing because because she wants to avoid people's attention so much. So that's kind of her big joke. But also she's got the big, you know, bang so that she can hide her entire face and stuff. And it's like that's kind of the archetype that I was kind of waiting for in this type of series to show up. Uh, and she was good. Uh, she didn't, you know, have a stupid, dumb joke associated with her. So I was like, oh, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm done. All right. Well, I'll I'll throw that to the audience then. You got to figure out which which girls are the ones uh, that'll that'll bring us back. Uh, I'll give you a hint. If any character is as fast as Sonic the Hedgehog, I might I might (laughs) have to come back. I just you know, they're pretty cool. All right. I think that's going to wrap up our discussion of Hundred Girlfriends. Then yes. Uh, hey, I was wrong, Nick. When I said I didn't think we'd be able to talk about it for an hour. Uh, I think we managed to like just get there, didn't we? But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, do we have questions that we want to answer from our audience? Yeah, we have quite a few here, and I hope I am not missing any. I do not like how Google. Uh, acts sometimes google sheets yeah. if there's a particularly long answer but i believe i'm i'm picking up with the with the most recent one which is from jay kagensa uh 
who asked if there was a crossover color spread featuring the union and the straw hat pirates who would be hanging out with who in it uh so you have to imagine that like you would be hanging out with zorro yeah the uh, the swords people uh together um i wouldn't have said this uh until in the past year but i think like Void and Frankie as the two big guys would be kind of fun to, got, to see I, together. I've got a different idea for you. Go ahead. Frankie and the, here's uh, two options. Either Ishin or Creed. And he's just testing his armament on <laughs> uh, Ishin to be if, see if it's truly unbreakable. Or he's just firing unstoppable weapons because of Creed. He's just having a good time firing a gun. He's just having a great time. (laughs) Getting to be a 35-year-old man for once. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. It's the best. Um, I'm I'm sure, you know, like, uh, oh, gosh, I'm forgetting his name. Well, well, I forgot it. Uh. They're freaking Nico. Nico. Yeah. Uh, uh, get along with him. Um, does actually come to think of it, this is kind of weird to have to think about for a Shonen series. Is there like anyone in Undead Luck that's like a big eater? Because I feel like that's the main person that Luffy would hang out with. And I don't think that that's a big thing. For no, I feel like, like if you're going to do a color spread that's crossing them over, you have to do Andy and Luffy. Like... It just feels like the right call. And then I would have Fuko and Sanji, where Sanji's doing like the hard eyes, like you're so cute. And she's like, for the love of God, please don't touch don't me. Touch me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to survive. Um, or you also then could also have like Injin and Sh- uh, Sanji. That's an option. Um, I feel like Gina and Nami might be a fun combo. Yeah, I think that that's probably the best fit because there's. I, I was trying to think like, does anyone have a weather thing in Undock? No, so it's it's. It, I think that yeah, <laughs> I, I'm waiting remember. for that guy to show up on weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think in terms of like characters that would be considered like kind of stereotypically feminine, uh, that it would probably be those two. Uh, um, and I like the idea of Usopp and Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The two characters who think they are very cool but are very openly cowards for most of it. Um, and uh, actually, I kind of have this image in my head of like uh, someone like whoever designs the the color spread trying to like put the quote unquote mature women together, uh, but. Juiz is like sitting at a table with Robin and she just sees everyone else doing weird stuff and she wants to go after go with them and <laughs> do crazy There's, stuff with them. Robin's like making a couple hands to hold her back. She doesn't want to no, be alone. No, 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 no. <laughs> She's like, no, you don't understand. I get to be the other arm of the robot. <laughs> She's like, we are not counterparts. We are built different. <laughs> we are not the same. <laughs> uh, Jimbei and Shen feel like two good ones. Two martial artists who kind of feel uh, maybe more mature for the group. Uh, Tatiana and Chopper. Uh, you can hang out with her weird dome thing and he would very much appreciate that. Yeah. I almost want, I don't even remember her name, the little German girl who is sick all the time. <laughs> I'm I w- sick. Yeah, I want Unhealth to be Unhealthy. there with 
with, with Chopper and he's going to be sad. He's and like, he's, I can't and he's, and he's, fix you. And one of two things are happening. Either he's like smiling, giving her a shot, or he's panicking. He's got medicine <laughs> screwed out of her. Ah! He's just screaming. <laughs> he falls down to his knees. I'm a failure as a doctor. <laughs> He's ripping his fur out. It's a, it's a real mess. <laughs> oh god. And, uh, uh top. They can just do it doing a foot race. <laughs> okay. Well, they're doing okay. a foot race. They're fast. Okay. I don't think anyone plays a, a musical instrument in the manga, do they? I don't think that uh I don't think that's been a thing in Undead Luck. Really. The closest thing, might be the closest we have to like any kind of artist, I think, would be Chikara, who having like a, a passion for photography. So you could mm. do like Chikara and, and Brooke. He's trying to convince him to take panty shots. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's his no. pose. No. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's, that's right. There is there is love the or unchaste the the idol girl. So there is that. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, interesting selection uh, mix-up we had there. All right. All right. <sighs> From G. Flugel, dear Nick Sexorcist and Tenmaku Quinema. <laughs> I like mine better than yours. I, I got yours I got the better. victory there. It also just like rolls off the tongue better. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Currently, new ace, new new Sexorcist. They yeah yeah. It took me a little bit because I forget how it's spelled sometimes a uh, new sexist is taking the hearts of young japanese boys by storm it's not their hearts uh much to the surprise of especially <laughs> is it Western something leader. else i don't what is what else is it grabbing nick the hormonal center of the oh, brain okay brain. i was gonna say it can't it, it can't be uh it's it's so unsexual <laughs> Outside of some gag series that just don't translate well, which other series success in its respective time and magazine has surprised you? Uh, which other series success in its respective time and magazine has surprised you the most in the past? Not necessarily because they were bad, but because they didn't have an obvious early appeal or felt unsuited for the audience of that magazine. Yeah. Um, I... The, the first answer that came to mind is Cypher Academy is still very mm-hmm. surprising to me that at last I, we're, we're talking about this on kind of like maybe like five or six chapters or like maybe less than that, that it probably has mm-hmm. left. It's not guaranteed that it's canceled, but it, it does seem very, very likely. But the fact that it ran for like a full year seems very surprising to me because it's such a weird sort of series with such a weird premise and has such a tough time it's a cast that is almost entirely female but not exploited so you're not going for the horny crowd there's no battles in it our main character is like effeminate and smart like it's it's all these things that like you would look at and say like well this shouldn't be a success and yet it managed to just survive above a bunch of other stuff long enough yeah, uh, I I get that. Um, this is gonna be an odd one for me to say because You're one technically, <laughs> well, no, I, I think technically speaking, um, it, there's very much an asterisk on this one, which is Ruri Dragon, uh, mm-hmm. because it went on hiatus so quickly. What chapter uh, four or five? It was very very early. Uh, but in the time that it was out, people did react very, very strongly to it. 
Uh, and there, and you know, everywhere you look, people are still acting like it's, like, it's, it's just on hiatus and, and people are still waiting for it to come back. Uh, for a series to get an audience that quickly when the premise, not the premise, but the execution of it is very understated. It, it, it's not like a big in your face thing. Uh, I think that that's very interesting. Oh. I didn't think that Ruri Dragon was bad, but it didn't really grab me uh, very, very strongly because of that very understated execution. So I'm surprised that it seemingly has touched a lot of people. Uh, we'll see, you know, when the author is you know, healthier, what they decide to do with it, because it has not been technically canceled still. Yeah, it, it, it'll definitely be very interesting to see. But that is um, a big one, definitely. Uh, good question. I'm going to move to this one from Mandela that says, Dear Phileo Nick and Quinter Pounder with Cheese. Phileo Nick, I think, wins. Not because that sandwich is better, but Phileo Nick does have to, as a flourish to it. Uh, remember that hot minute where McDonald's was offering celebrity meal packs that allegedly were allegedly the ce- celebs' favorite McDonald's meals, i.e., Travis no. Scott and Cardi. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I, this uh, was a thing. <laughs> this was a thing. You could go and you'd be like, "I want the Travis Scott meal." I think the Travis Scott meal was just like a quarter pounder fries and a Coke. <laughs> like it was. It was. I think there was like a slight substitution. It was like okay. and a side of fucking szechuan sauce or some shit okay uh i have uh two comments on this one travis scott you're just as boring as me and i appreciate that two who is travis scott <laughs> and i am not kidding i don't know who this is i could say anything right now i could be you like could. i was like nick He's the Secretary of the Interior. <laughs> Are you kidding I mean, I me? <laughs> I don't know the Secretary of the Interior's name. So. That's the thing. I'm like, I could say, I'm like, Nick, he's the coach of the Utah Jazz and has been for 30 years. What are you talking about? He is a rapper and singer-songwriter. Yeah. I have never seen this man's face before. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I, you know, uh, big to a different just, generation. Um, yes, <laughs> I, I got excited at first because I thought Mandela was going to ask what our celebrity meals are, but <laughs> I think you revealed yours is also just a Travis Scott meal. Uh, burger and fries. What? <laughs> what are we here for, guys? Uh, no, the, the question, next question. The, the question is: If Jump Heroes were now suddenly promoting their de- meal deals at McDonald's, what would they entail? <laughs> you can use anything from the McDonald's menu, new and old. So I actually had to pull up a McDonald's menu of retired items. <laughs> Nick, I need your help. Who is the one person who's so dumb they are legitimately impressed by the McDLT? <laughs> They're like, it keeps the cold stuff cold and hot stuff hot. They're so blown away by it. Oh no, maybe that'd be the Senku. <laughs> He's like, oh, look, he uses science. <laughs> That's his, all, 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 all of his meals are just science foods. Yeah. Uh, there's a, bu- a bubblegum McFlurry that Chopper would probably oh be a very big God. fan of. His would just be a bubblegum McFlurry and then another ice cream sundae and like an apple <laughs> pie. It's all sweets. There's, there's no actual uh, food in it. 
Speaking um, of One Piece, Luffy would refuse to take part because the portion sizes of McDonald's are too small. Well, no, so he would not be into that. Here's the thing: the McDonald's Luffy thing back in the day. I'm a little ashamed to admit this. Uh, you could order a hundred McNuggets. <laughs> they had like a deal for a while. They were like, we'll just offer that. That's what Luffy's is. is you just get a hundred nuggets and they throw some sauces in there. God. Uh, just to keep it interesting. So that by the nugget number 68, you're not like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, now I'm a little upset actually, because I'm looking at this list of mcdonald's retired items and it just says bagels and i was like well surely they don't mean the breakfast sandwich bagels those were amazing Uh, apparently no those were wrapped those were retired so what the fuck am i waking up for in the morning anymore what the fuck is the point of being on this stupid planet anymore that's kind of wild. I, if I do remember McDonald's for a time was actually lauded for having a pretty good breakfast menu. Their McDonald's breakfast was legit. The only reason I would go to McDonald's. They had mm-hmm. a very, very good fucking breakfast menu. 2022. I, I missed it by years. Wow. <laughs> Fuck. I'm never going to get a steak and egg bagel again. <laughs> I guess not. Oh, well, you'll have to go to, I don't know, Duncan or something like that. <laughs> Fuck me. Speaking of which, by the way, what is this dropping donuts from Dunkin' Donuts? I'm going to turn 78 for a second. Why are you changing <laughs> oh, wow. the names restaurants? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to be upset like they discontinued donuts. You're just angry the name is The name changed. What's wrong with you? Oh, wow. Uh, I, you know what? I guess it's a brandy thing. Everyone's like, they just call it Duncan anyway. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think Duncan has reached the point where it's more of like a coffee place than a donut place, right? I don't know. I, I don't I don't drink coffee, I so I don't for- I, I don't know. But I feel like when I hear people talking about Dunkin' Donuts, they're like, oh, I just got their new fucking freezy frappe caramel schmitty blueble uh and i'm like well that just sounds awful those last two aren't even words <laughs> you paid for that um but i don't hear people being like oh but their new maple bacon donut is great or whatever we uh when nicole and i uh were at our last place uh and we were both working a night shift at the time mm-hmm. so there would be times when you know because we would have to stay up all night even when on our days off and there would be times when we'd be when we'd be like you know chilling out in five at, 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 in the morning and then uh, we would decide, like, you want to go we'll get Dunkin' Donuts? Because there was one that was two minutes away from where we live. Yeah. We'd just drive through and get some donuts and, and stuff. It was great. That sounds uh, nice. That sounds it was wonderful. awesome. We don't live near one anymore. So. <laughs> but do you live near a Dunkin'? <laughs> yeah, that's what changed. <laughs> I can't find the Dunkin' Donuts anymore, Quinn. What happened to it? You open your blinds and there's just a giant Dunkin' sign in the window. You're like, oh, where is it? <laughs> it was here all along. <laughs> Next question. Uh, just real one. I guess want to check uh, Lazarus if uh, they are in the chat. I know wanted to be present as we read uh, her question. So I'm going to move to Jay quick. But if oh, Lazarus okay. uh, posts, I'll uh, b- jump back to this one. But dear. Oh, there's Lazarus right now, actually. So, okay. right. uh, so this says, uh, dear Quinn, much love since your way regarding Scotia. Aw. 
Uh, you gave her the best life with the time she had, and that's all we're here to do for them. Whenever a dog passes, and I have now had to put down my beloved Corgi Titus as of January 2nd, 2023. That is uh, deep condolences on that. Uh, it makes me think about a scene in the manga Inubaka where a character says to the body of her childhood dog, I want to spend more time with you, and how I think that's how all of us are feeling in those moments. Uh, even though we know the selfless thing to do, sorry, getting a little verklempt here, uh, that moment hits you so hard because of my own experiences uh, in that spot. So my question is, what moments in manga do you think worked especially well uh, for you because of your own life story? And on the other hand, what are emotional beats that didn't really do it for you, but you acknowledge might have worked better if you had experienced something similar? Hmm. Oh, and <laughs> Lazarus adds, I guess Nick can also answer this question, even though he's a heartless dog hater. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Um, I do have uh, a couple of experiences that I think that we have talked about before. Uh, I felt like um, Jiraiya's death in Naruto did uh, hit me pretty hard because I think, but I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to in terms of losing someone in their life of that age group mm -hmm. different from yours, that kind of grandparent sort of figure. Um, and by the time that that happened in the manga, it did, it did make me think of, um, you know, some grandparents that I had lost uh, by that point. Yeah. On the opposite end, there was uh, the series that we read last year, Blank Canvas, uh, which um, was much more about the regret of not spending more time with that kind of grand parental figure. And uh, I hadn't experienced that because by the time that I did lose my grandparents, I wasn't an adult yet. Mm. Uh, but as my grandmother has started to uh, have some health problems, uh, it does, I think, make me think that if that had happened by around that time, I would have started to feel that more, uh, more closely in terms of, you know, there was a time when I could have spent with her while she was, you know, healthier and more cognizant uh, that I'm never going to be able to do now yeah. uh, because she's now not going to be that way uh, anymore. Um, so it's not entirely the same but that's like a recent thing like yeah. uh, we read that you know less than a year ago and her health started to deteriorate after that point so yeah yeah i think we even mentioned one recently when uh what sigmund is his name or Sig sigmund and yeah. that it's yeah it plays into that uh quite a bit uh the example that comes into my head is one that didn't hit me that hard at the time it has retroactively hit me a lot harder but uh since transitioning the line that frankie says to robin in one piece about existence not being a crime hits me a lot more <laughs> personally at this point so i i appreciate that it's also a line that i feel like doesn't get enough like play i feel like i see uh videos for robins i want to live and i'm like there should be more that's a great scene also maybe the best in one piece but like frankie uh saying you're not a crime uh you're not you're not a sin is is one that 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 hits deep uh yeah. and it comes from my favorite character in one piece so it's 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 like a double whammy yeah frankie hasn't gotten to do a whole lot in a long time so <laughs> no he beat up that baby man nick remember <laughs> 
That was great, yeah. but <laughs> those are the two things he did for name me. Name a second thing that name a second thing he's done in the last ten years. <laughs> no, he, he did two things for me. He said my existence wasn't a crime, and then he beat up an H player I don't like. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's more examples. If you want even like a non manga example, watching Iron Claw recently as somebody who's lost a brother and then has mm. to watch somebody else lose four brothers, it's deeply deeply painful i was in a brutal headspace by the end of that movie it's a very good movie and very enjoyable but i was like yeah this one this sucks Mm -hmm. all right uh oh there's a second part to this question oh sorry uh yes second question speaking of dogs henry k niger's namesake is finally dead huzzah Luckily, thank God, this question must have been written before they died. Uh, He died because that's been a while back. Uh, Luckily, Bond is still alive, but he has been asked to give the eulogy at Kissinger's funeral. How does it go? Please feel free to include many references to his war crimes. (laughs) We are all to celebrate the maybe not dearly departed. Much thankfully departed. <laughs> See, much anticipated departed. <laughs> I'd like to acknowledge that he sucked. And I would like to tinkle upon his grave, but <laughs> it seems um, perhaps inappropriate to do it now. I shall wait till people start to clear out. <laughs> You seem like people who loved him. Perhaps you did not know who he was. <laughs> it may not. You may not have read your your pamphlet very well. You may not understand whose who's funeral you were at. Um, but uh, this was a monster. <laughs> oh man, we had to we had to go through that whole thing again when a one of history's monsters died. And some people came out like, think of how his family must feel for you to be celebrating his death. It's like, yeah, think of how all these all those families he ended because he was a fucking killer felt. <laughs> I was like, mm, maybe I don't care about their family right now. Maybe, maybe that. <laughs> Fortunately, I'm, I'm sorry uh, for their loss, but he sucks and he should burn in hell. <laughs> Do not worry, he is. I do not say this with enthusiasm or with grace, but that was a bad dog. (laughs) All right, now let's move on to from there to Jay Quick's question. Dear Turtle School student, uh, why did my why did that? No, stop. Computer, cooperate. Thank you. Dear Turtle School student Nick and anything goes martial arts master Quinn. Hell yeah. I'm 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 for the 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 school of the streets. Anything goes. I'll throw anything at you. Pocket sand. That is a Rama one half reference. Oh, is it? Wow. I should read Rama one half. I wait. So is Turtle School student not a Ninja Turtles reference? Turtle School student would be uh, Master Roshi's school. That makes sense. Yeah. I I read it as Ninja Turtles. And I was like, I I would prefer it be Ninja Turtles. <laughs> get to learn from Splinter. Hell yeah, would be I would be a lot better than being made to run errands in order to grab girls' panties while wearing a weighted turtle shell or whatever he had them do. Something like that. Pretty similar. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Been thinking about tournament arcs recently for dot 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 my own reasons. 
And I'm wondering about your current thoughts concerning them. During your 10 plus years of reviewing manga, you've managed to cover some real bad examples that exemplify the worst tropes present about them, especially with the numerous ones that never actually finished. Thank you. Uh, however, recently there seems to have been more examples of tournament arcs that have been quite good. Question one, what are your favorite and most hated examples of the tournament arc? <sighs> It's tough because my my absolute favorite examples are the ones that like finish. <laughs> uh, and this one did not, but the tuning exam is one of the ones where I hold like like a probably like seventy percent of the fights are straight fire are like legit like not only is this good, this is maybe some of the best moments in this entire uh, series slash franchise. Like there are some absolutely killer matches in that. It definitely, that's a very good one. There's some really good fights. And I think that the thing that does save it from the whole thing of like, oh, it didn't finish. It sucks. Is that there were beats that were set up and built up to in that arc yeah. that did pay off. Yes. Uh, you know, like Neji was like the rival for Naruto to beat in that arc. And that fight happens yes. and concludes. Uh, the stuff involving Gara gets interrupted, but the fight still happens. You know, he the, the fight with Sasuke is interrupted, and also then Naruto has the big thing against him at the end where they go in their kaiju forms and stuff, and they fight. And there's also, uh, we, we get the follow-up to Choji, or not Choji, fuck, uh, Konkuro and uh, Shino. Shino. Because uh, they skip that fight, they have it anyway. Yeah, yeah. they have that fight later on, so I, I do like that payoff. I'm talking about the entire tournament, though. I, I'm including the, yeah, you know, the Rock the, League Gara is one of my favorite fights of all time mm -hmm. in manga. Uh, I like how there's just that sequence where Sasuke and Naruto are just copying each other and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And I like that there are jobbers in yeah. it, honestly. You it know, sucks for her. To be beat. But Ten Ten getting her shit pushed in builds Tamari up really well. Yeah. There's those two random guys, like there's the guy who just absorbs chakra just so that Sasuke has someone to beat. Uh, there is, uh, and hey, you know, the freaking Dosu Choji uh, match where he gets to look good for a second. And then he's like, I I can transmit sound through your body. Takes <laughs> <laughs> him out with that. Um, and of course, that the whole tournament is what built the thing that established shikamaru as yeah. this very capable ninja despite the fact that he just likes to not do anything uh there's a lot of really good stuff in that and also the way he gets interrupted was you know foreshadowed and built yeah it, 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 it was just come out of nowhere it was i i hold because i feel like the answer that gets said a lot is the dark tournament which i think has a great conclusion but having just read Yu Hakusho recently, I do feel like there is a lot of period in between. There's great standout moments, uh, but the tournament breaks its own like structure so frequently. And like there's like there's there's very few like matches where you're like, oh, this is like a great like five on five match. Like everything's like actually it was a one on five match and one person just schooled all of them or uh, Karama went up and killed this guy in 15 seconds. So it actually wasn't a fight or there's a lot of like stuff like that. There are some good ones. And I think the final match kind of has like 
like a four pretty satisfying encounters out of it. Uh, but that's the one thing that holds the dark tournament back is there's not a lot of memorable moments building up to the conclusion. I really like the first Budokai Tenkaichi from Dragon Ball. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause that's the one you get to see finish. Um, <laughs> But a lot of them actually did like evil and like an evil plot happens in the middle of it. But yeah. they all have tournament finals and stuff. Uh, I don't think I've seen the others to conclusion. I uh, read them all. There is definitely one of the the Dragon Ball tournaments that is really, really good. And I'm trying to remember if it's that one or the one with Yamcha. Well, Yamcha's in like it, all of them, isn't he? Well, I'm trying to remember. I feel like the first one is like the final is Goku and Krillin. Or maybe Yamcha's in that one as well. Yamcha's in it. He loses to Jackie Chun first, I think. Okay. Well, I don't know why I thought there was one where there's like a, a Goku-Yamcha fight. I'm trying to remember. Or no, is it? Well, there's, Go- there's Goku and, and Ten Shin Han in the second one. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Yamcha was always Yamcha was always the guy who lost to. Okay, someone. <laughs> that's right. It's go it's Goku Krillin in the semifinals, and then Goku Jackie Chun in the finals. That's the one I think I'm thinking of, which was a pretty good one. That's the first one I think. Um, I forget what happens in the second one, and the third one I think is when Piccolo shows up. Yes, which yeah, is also I, mean, like, I think a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of good ones in Dragon Ball. Um, they the I like some aspects of the championship at the end of the Battle City arc, but it's definitely hampered by some stuff. Uh, namely, Merrick sucks as a duelist. Yeah, and Mer- he's not an intimidating final boss. <laughs> Merrick was like kind of cool, and then they were like, "Actually, he's just a, he loses his mind. He's a weird little freak." And I was like, "Ah, oh, he's much less interesting now." <laughs> Which... What, what kind of what kind of deck does he use in this thing built around Wing Dragon of Raw? Uh, you know, direct damage. What? <laughs> uh, that is a good one, though. That is still, like, a good tournament. Um, the anime suffers from fucking uh, getting interrupted and having an entire filler arc halfway through it. They're like, yep, everyone's right. unconscious. Anyways. Like, oh, this sucks. Mer- Merrick just saunters around the ship, kind of cackling for, like, 20 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for bad tournaments, uh, I think that we were quite upset about the uh, Shokugeki, yeah, uh, Steve Shokugeki that happened. Um, because like it just kind of goes the way you kind of expect it to, really. It's just like, and everyone loses, and then someone, and, and Aaron went at the end, basically. Yeah, there, so. there there, was room for a lot more interesting stuff in that. <laughs> um, I actually mixed it up when you said that. The one I was first thinking of was actually Toriko's uh, uh, tournament arc, which just, mm. like, abruptly got interrupted. It was deeply unsatisfying, and it never had any kind of conclusion. It was almost just like somebody was like, uh, actually, this wasn't interesting. And yes, Ninja's right. The blue was actually probably the worst one uh, of a tournament arc. But that one had so little structure, it's hard to even consider it a tournament arc. Yeah. Oh, and if we, I mean, 
I guess is, this is tough. If I if if sports series go into it, the Kanto arc in, in Ice Shield Twenty One is absolutely uh, maybe the greatest of all time. That's so many just great moments one after the other that honestly it might be like perfection. Um, for a worst one, I hate. I don't even remember the name of it, but the one in Flame of Rekka. Because again, it's like trying to be Yu Yu Hakusho. It's just, it's just so many fights. And there's so little that's entertaining. So much of it is stupid. I, I don't want to go back into thinking that series too much, but that's a really rough one. The Magic Guild tournament in Fairy Tale. Um. Oh my god! <laughs> Something that started off interesting, and they fucked every cool idea they introduced up. I will never stop being angry about Raven Tail. Ah, I've built a guild specifically to counter your guild. Oh, you beat us! <laughs> one dude, oh. one dude defeated all of us. Actually, yeah, um, yeah. Boy, what an interesting trip down memory lane that was. Yeah. <laughs> Started high and went down. Uh, there is also a second question uh, from Jay Quick, which is, if you had the chance to create your own crossover tournament with characters from whatever series you want to include, who would you put in the tournament? What would be the final outcome? I'm not asking this just because I'm currently working on my own crossover tournament fanfic right now. <laughs> oh, okay. So I don't want to go too deep into this because I'll be here forever. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put my... I'm going to put characters I think would be really, really fun... I'm just gonna try to stick to one. So who's who? Who am I taking from my here? I feel like Bakugo is the one you gotta take because they also had a pretty good tournament arc with the the school festival. It was a pretty short one, but that was like, or or uh, and Bakugo was like one mm-hmm. of the cooler moments at the start of that. Um, I don't think you take anyone from Blue Box. Maybe Kyoto, and he just hits people with. The- shuttlecocks really hard that's an early round <laughs> just does his his smash <laughs> yeah uh, you got he has to get a lot of uh value out of it um what do we have undead unluck uh i'm gonna say because there's characters who are just broken you can't put juez or or, or shen in a fight because they're just like my power counters your ability to exist um who i'm gonna say andy andy's just got the most interesting powers i'm gonna assume there's like a knockout rule to this tournament so there's like suspense mm. he could actually lose but that that seems like right it. instead of just his regeneration kicking in maybe. yeah uh in zero who gives a shit um <laughs> space uh there's just <laughs> there's a uh, uh, couch po we're gonna put her in there couch uh, okay. we, we, need, we need someone else to get jobbed out in the first round uh will be next uh i don't think anyone from cypher academy is making it green green greens i guess kaiju number eight and chainsaw man kaiju number eight i'm gonna say hoshina sure chainsaw chainsaw man i'm gonna say uh kwan z kwan g okay yeah um trying to think next new sexorcist gakro but it's to the death <laughs> only, for that only round. For him. Yeah. not madness he's in just for him specifically to beat him you had to kill him and his first opponent is zoro for some reason <laughs> actually no doflamingo i want a character who i know is gonna kill this guy <laughs> um 
Let's see. Uh, Black Clover. Who's the most interesting person for Black Clover? Um, probably Zoro. You can get her. Not Zoro. Zora. Zora. Yeah, the best yeah. trap fight. Like, cool gimmick fights like that are pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Just spice it up so it's not just all straightforward battle characters. Um, is there another battle manga I'm missing there? This is Samurai. Um, I guess it it's it has to be Tokiyuki. That's really I don't know how else is like interesting. Um, and then Akane Banashi, uh. Hikaru, or yeah, Hikaru is there, or Hikari, <laughs> and she's like, I'm gonna show you all my voice training things, and then uh, Dofamigo cuts her in half, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, see you guys, you wasn't that good after all. <laughs> wow. Uh, what a way to win an argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, guys, I'm right. They're like, are you? <laughs> this poor girl is dead. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm right. <laughs> Uh, and then One Piece uh, burning everywhere. <laughs> and One Piece, I've already said Doflamingo, so there you go. Just, just as your guarantee. It's like, oh, let me adjust this tournament bracket a little bit. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, put my finger on the scales here. Actually, I'm just gonna punch the scale to make sure Gakuru and Akari die. <laughs> and who wins, by the way? <laughs> Uh, I forgot who I had in this tournament, so I okay. guess Doflamingo. <laughs> his last he, person I he said. His first, he wins his first two rounds and then just kind of like is declared the winner. <laughs> Everyone's like, this is getting kind of a little little sad. I don't love this anymore. Everyone's like, this is not a very good tournament arc. <laughs> you could do. I, I, I will say, I do feel like there is a world where you could do like a cool swordsman version where you put like Stain, Hoshina, sure. Zoro, um... Shiroha, if you want, you just do like weapon masters essentially, and you could get yeah. probably actually a pretty cool tournament out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that would be an interesting thing to do. Have there be a gimmick to it, yeah. uh, like all source people or all like mage type kind of characters or something like that. Yeah. Uh, what I would do is uh, I would uh, build a roster in WWE 2K19 and I would sim battles with them with each other, which is something that I occasionally do in my spare time anyway. <gasps> do, you, do, do you do that again in your spare time? In my spare time. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, really cool. Uh, I had a lot of time to build, uh, download, and modify characters while uh, I was out of work during the pandemic. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and also specifically uh, G1 Climax rules. So round robin. Oh, uh, that's pretty cool. All right. I take that. Stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next question. Yeah. For I am a gentleman asked Dear Nick and Quinn. Uh, I've had this question in my head for more than I'd like to admit, but I thought I would defer to your expertise because you have read hundreds of series. What, what fights, conflicts, contests, etc. went one way but should have gone the other way because one, it conflicts with the established abilities of the characters or the rules of the world itself, or two, it would have been more narratively satisfying because perhaps it would have amped up the drama in the arc or established stakes for a fight further on. Uh, so I just mentioned really quickly, uh, Raven Tail. That's a big one. Like, I don't understand why they even were introduced as a thing if you weren't going to actually have them counter people. That just feels like a huge mistake. And Tropical, that's a great example of Megumi in, uh, 
just break basically any mm-hmm. shogugeki. She really needed to beat somebody impressive and then get yeah. put like punched down afterwards. Yeah, um, have her have her beat the the dragon in an arc and then lose to the main villain or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I uh, Megami would be an answer of mine for uh, it would have been more narrowly associated any win. Um, and I am going to go to this well again, but I'm going to be calm about it this time. Uh, Seishun Gakuin should not have beaten Rikai Dai in the first time around in the Prince of Tennis. Uh, they did not need to beat them in order to advance to nationals. And they just ended up meeting them again in the finals when they had already beaten them. And you're supposed to make it seem like, oh, it's an accomplishment if they beat them this time. It's like they already beat them. It's like, oh, their captain's back. Yeah, they're captain that you've never seen play a match before, so you don't have any concept of his abilities. It's something that does not make sense. Oh, the heroes are in this match after they have never lost a team match ever in the entire series up to this point, and their final opponents are guys that they have already beaten. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there was like a choice that Konomi made, which was it was either going to be them or it was going to be like the team of like all European players. He went with the established characters, which was a good choice, but bad in the sense of this is not a new accomplishment for these characters to beat these guys. It makes no sense to do it. And that's the second rematch, by the way, that they have in that tournament, because they also beat Kyote the first time through and then just beat them again. It's, it's not. You can't just have Seamus beat Dolph Ziggler again. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's boring the third time around, you know? Yeah. Um, God, it's, I feel like there's so many great examples, but my head is now thinking of just wrestling examples, which is like constantly like, mm-hmm. no, I'm like, why didn't you have Booker T win at WrestleMania? Yeah. I, it, it, I don't understand why you would have done it like that. Um, my newest example of that is why didn't you have Nakamura win that match with, with Seth Rollins? He need him so hard in the face. He went through a table and then he's just like, oh, I'm fine. And <laughs> I was so mad about that. There's a lot of those in wrestling where you're just like, I, I understand things change and like stuff happens all the time, but really should have been a, a, a bigger thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like I need to sit on and, and think on that question a little bit more because I'm sure there are great examples that are coming to mind, but they're just not coming to me right now. I apologize as well. I did not have time to like go over some of these questions beforehand to come up with answers. So all this is just off the top of my head, which notoriously is a sieve. I, I can't or sieve. So my general philosophy in answer to the first question, by the way, is I don't generally have a problem with one character being another if it involves like, oh, a conflict in how their abilities are portrayed. Uh, unless it's just done badly. Mm-hmm. If you're a talented writer, you can have any character beat any other character in some way. Uh, like, you can have, you know, a character who's like bullshit infinity plus one power in every aspect, and another character who is just a regular person, but maybe they sneak up behind them and bring them over the head with a shovel. Like, yeah. if, if you do it in a way that's convincing, you can technically have any character be another character. It doesn't matter what their ability difference is. Yeah. Um, and I get fed up with... I I think I've already gone on rants on this podcast previously about the power scaling community, and I hate those arguments. I think that it is stupid to think that, like, no, you can scientifically measure the abilities of one fictional character and determine that objectively they are stronger than another. Uh, so 
I, 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 my sure, I, I guess. I, I like, no, yeah. So. I was like, I guess you technically can. I just don't know why you read that if that's the case. Like, yeah. wouldn't you be like, actually, it would be cool if Superman just fought everybody because he's actually objectively stronger than all of them. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, bunch of thoughts there for you. For I'm a gentleman. I don't know if we answered exactly what you're looking for, but hope we gave. Hopefully, we gave you a couple examples. Hmm. Next up is for Jay Kagingza. Oftentimes in battle manga, a new character will show off some overpowered new ability or technique that makes it seem like they're impossible to defeat. They will then eventually have their OP ability overcome and defeated. What do you think are the most well-done, satisfying examples of this? Uh, mm. If we go to the Ice Shield 21 well again... Uh, Agon's ability to yes, God stuff. The first reaction I had was Godspeed impulse. I was and immediately he gets beat by like every character everyone. in the Devil Bats in different ways, God. and one of them is just that he just gets stiff armed in the back of the head, so he can't see it to yeah. react to it. <laughs> yeah, it's like how do you absolutely. beat someone who's got instantaneous reaction speed? You don't let him react. <laughs> it's so good. <sighs> Fuck, Ice Shield Twenty One, so amazing. Okay, I can't, I can't pick an Ice Shield Twenty One example. Um, I will say in a ve- in a way that's very funny to me, it narrow in one piece had that where everyone that encountered him mm. was like, I cannot hurt this guy. And he just obliterates me. It was like four yeah. characters in a row who were like, we're badasses. We are strong. We're going to take you down. And he just one shot, basically all of them or like two shot. And they're basically like. Uh, we could hurt you and we got you so close and then he restarted his own heart with his electricity powers you're like fuck this guy cannot go down and then luffy shows up and he's like actually <laughs> i heart counter you you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's that reaction that an arrow makes it's it's you know it's iconic when he's like uh, what what his lightning doesn't work on this yeah. guy it's like it's bullshit yes but it's bullshit to counter more bullshit yeah. so it's fine in a meta way i guess one piece also had to handle this with logia powers in general which is like oh wait what mm-hmm. if what if i don't have the rep the regular uh power to uh counter your thing it's like well i now just use hockey to stop you from uh turning you know into magma or whatever but um sea stone bullets or yeah. what have you and stuff but yeah, uh, that that was like the daunting thing for the longest time. Every time a new Logia showed up, it's like, fuck, how do we counter this? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Uh, question here from Drew. Dear Wicked Nick Bockwinkle and Quinn McKay, dot, dot, apparently there's not a lot of Quins in wrestling. I, I, I know who Quinn McKay is. I don't I have no idea who Wicked Nick Bockwinkle is. Nick Bockwinkle? Yeah. He was a very big classic uh, kind of wrestler. And like the Nick Bockwinkle was like, he was like a commissioner for WCW in the 90s oh, to okay. give you an idea of what age bracket he was. Gotcha. All right. Uh, you wake up after a crazy WMR party that you can barely remember and find yourself in bed with a red box, a green box and a note. The note says, hey, it's you from the past. This isn't a great start. 
Why am I, why am I addressing myself as you? That's that's misleading and confusing. The party was great, and during it, this crazy old man showed up and offered to let us forget two manga that we've read and put them into boxes. The red box contains a series we really want to forget, along with a note that explains why. And the green box has a manga that we enjoyed and we want to experience for the first time again. P.S. We owe Techie $20 in apology. So, quote, the question is, so what's in the box? Uh, the red box is, oh God, actually go ahead and answer. Okay. While I remember, remember so the title. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give my green answer. I think is, is always, I, I shield 21. I just wish yeah. I could read it again. Like yeah. there's other mangas that I'm like, oh, these are incredible. Like, but when I think of like the amount of fondness I have towards it, it's that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Red is, is probably, I didn't even read that much of it, but Nymphette's. If I could just erase yep. that I read something like that, I would love to just have that off my soul. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to be able to enter heaven, but God won't forgive what I've seen. So, uh, yeah, it is the same answers for me. Uh, and, and this is not just like, a, you know, I heard your answers and I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds right. It's like, no, no. Before you said them, those were my answers. Uh-huh. Uh, I shall 21. Same reasons. Love that series. Would love to re-experience the joy of reading it for the first time again. Uh, and with Nymphets, with Kodomo no Jikan, I knew what it was going to be going into it. I knew that it was going to hurt, and it still hurt when I did it. Uh, it's not like a lot of the series where it turns out like there's some something gross at the end in a big twist uh, that I like to forget about. I was like, no, no, that was something that like we didn't gain anything of value other than hopefully some funny moments in a podcast out of reading it. There was no knowledge gained that was good to have from reading it that we would not benefit from losing. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. I I like to think that sometimes, like, what's the series I would go back and reread? Also, what do we do to teching in this scenario? That's yeah. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure that answer. I owe we owe him money. Apparently, Uh, an apology and twenty dollars. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, we got a question from Ota, dear, wonderful, whimsical, special little guy, Nick. Oh, and I guess the other one, too. Oh, uh, oh, oh. First off, that's very mean. And second of and second of all, uh, why am I a special little guy? That's that's concerning to me. <laughs> uh, question one, Luffy has decided that his ship's a little too roomy. And he can fit five more people into his crew, consisting only of pre-established characters. Nick, you list off five jobs they could fulfill. Quinn, you assign a character to each position. Okay, so you you name five crew member positions, basically, uh, and I have to pick characters to match them. Okay, so who's going to be a uh, cabin boy or cabin girl? Okay. Um, uh, hmm. go ahead. Let's, we can do this one by one. So okay. Let's start with that. Let's, uh, a cabin person, um, like a, a, a deckhand, so to speak. I want to go someone younger. I don't want to put a pure child because part of me almost said, uh, Tama. Uh, but I feel like she's a little yeah, too nice. young for that. Um, I'm trying to think like the younger kid characters they've kind of run into or just like the characters without a lot of use to them. Um, 
Mm, that's a good question. Damn. All right, let's go to the next. One. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna circle back to okay. that one. Uh, I don't think that this is what um, what Frankie is, because uh, he's the uh, quartermaster, basically, isn't he? He's the shipwright. Shipwright. Okay. So boatswain, I think, is different then. Uh, this is the, to do with maintenance of the vessel, but it's also to do with supply stores responsible for inspecting the ship and sails and rigging each morning and reporting the state to the captain. Okay. I mean, that that would be Polly, 100%. I think that's what he specialized in Galilee Company. And I always thought he would have been a cool member of the Straw Hats. Yes. I think you've said that previously that you thought he was going to join I, the Straw Hats. I, to be fair... They did push in that direction. Frankie was introduced as an antagonist and Polly was introduced as a friend. Mm -hmm. It was, I I think that was an intentional misdirect on Oda's part. Okay. Uh, Powder monkey. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm going to put a real fucking gremlin and in there. Um, Powder monkey sounds dangerous, right? Like the whole thing is that like it could potentially Uh, have exploded in your face. A powder monkey is a British naval term for young men who assisted gun crews. These boys, usually no older than 12 to 13 years, were forced to perform the most dangerous work on a ship. They were treated harshly, rarely paid, and were expendable. Okay, so we, we get ourselves... They loaded the guns with dangerous materials, basically. <laughs> yeah, so we, we got a real uh, dickhead position. So we get caribou like a little thing, like a collar when yeah! they see stone shackles, and we just kick them. We just beat them up, and we make them do the most dangerous, unflattering <laughs> position possible nice <laughs> uh okay so i guess then i so then i think technically we don't have a quartermaster on the on the uh, on the sunny then quartermaster is, is just someone who manages everything right they're basically uh the one who kind of manages things when the captain's not around oh okay um, also in charge of food and water supplies okay so we're looking for someone a little bit intelligent, somebody with a good head on their shoulders. That cuts out a lot of One Piece, actually. So much One Piece. <laughs> it actually eliminates a lot of people. Um, if we're taking anybody from anywhere, I think that is a great position for Law to have a level of responsibility. And also, hmm. he does seem like one of the more mature people in the series. If I'm going to try to take people who aren't like already affiliated with something, though... Um, or maybe not affiliated with something super important. Uh, I would say, uh, fuck. Thinking of like different areas they've been to. This is like a weird one, but my mind is cut now. That doesn't make sense. But uh, Vivi might not be a bad one. If, if she was to have a position, that is kind of a position yeah. I think she would excel at. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, she's uh, obviously very used to, you know, being in charge of people. Yeah. So, um, I need one more. So let me see here. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I guess to, to go along with, um, to go along with, uh kicking caribou around we gotta have a master gunner someone who is actually in charge of firing the cannons and stuff okay 
So technically, I think that is supposed to be Usopp's job. Like sniper is, I think, sniper, yeah, is, is yeah. all weapons. I think he uses anything that's like a ranged thing. Uh, but let's say for the sake of this, we are going to have just one person who is handling this. Um, uh, I want someone in a straw hat with a wild personality. I want somebody who uh, really has uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no no regard for themselves i i want i want a kind of a freak show because we, we've gotten a lot of good uh manageable people so i think for that i'm going to get hold on i need to find if they even have a name <laughs> i have no idea who you're talking about uh hold on where is it there's got to be a section on these characters fuck I want to grab, like, one of the Minotaur people from Impel Down, who's, like, brainless, and it's just an insane man. I, I feel like some of them might have had names, but I think some of them were just called, like, Awakened Devil Fruit Minotaur Guy and shit. Uh, Minotaurus, yeah, the Jailer Beast. I just want a real freak show. <laughs> so, so, so you get all these happy-go-lucky, you know, this this family that's on that's on deck, and then below deck, you've got this <laughs> monster guy kicking caribou around and randomly. <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, and then uh, for my my uh, cabin boy, uh, I'm gonna say, uh, you know what, Gin Rummy. Uh, I want, uh, or, yeah, Gin Rummy. Uh, she wasn't a child. She was, uh, was a grown woman. Uh, but or no, wait, that's not the horsewoman. Uh, Speed, I think, was the horsewoman. I want, I want, I want the horse lady. Oh, her, I think that her, yeah, her name was like, yeah, I think it was literally just like Horse Lena or something like that. I think it's Speed. I'm look, I, I'm looking. Okay, it I, was Speed. You're right. It was Speed. Yeah, yes. I ha- I happen to be. I I know that there are people who are saying Kobe, but uh, because he's the the OG cabin boy. Um, is. but I, I think he's evolved past that, uh, position a little bit. Uh, yeah. but I, I, I do like, uh, the idea of a cabin boy who could not have a more inconvenient, uh, body size, but still be physically capable of being on the ship. <laughs> but also, um, also, uh, in like a more serious answer, if you wanted like a more kid position, that might be a good pos- oh, a role for Bonnie to take. Right. Um, Okay, uh, and there is. Let's see here. It's a, da, 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 da. Uh, oh, okay, and uh, the, give us a short synopsis of how you think that One Piece would go if it were written by Fujimoto. Usopp's dead. Usopp's <laughs> dead. <laughs> and he died a while ago. <laughs> we weren't allowed to have joy. We weren't allowed to have fun. He's gone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think the Strides is a more uh, rotating cast of characters if Fujimoto's mm-hmm. writing it. Uh, the villains are uh, far more, like, bleakly evil in a way. Uh, yeah, uh, Ninja is a great example. Everyone died at uh, the archipelago. Instead, like, <laughs> Akuma wasn't sending them away. He just <laughs> freaking disintegrate all of them in one go yeah. yeah uh i think the world government stuff would have happened a lot sooner because that is absolutely what fujimoto would be into yeah. like yes evil world government has controlled government conspiracy all that shit uh but that would have happened way we would have gotten jay garcia saturn way earlier it'd also be a little bit gayer which would be nice yeah 
Luffy fucks. That's a big thing. Uh, Luffy is not uh, ace coded at all. He absolutely <laughs> has been fucking. All right. We know for we know in One Piece his dick can stretch. We know in Fujimoto series his dick can stretch. He talks about it incessantly. Yes. Uh, do you want to wrap up with this next question? I think that's a good idea. Okay, yeah. so this is the last one we'll do for the night, then. This is from Inside the Shell. This question is for both Nick and Quinn. Perhaps I'm asking just because of my own difficulties with my anxiety and related issues. Uh, everything switched for a second. Sometimes it feels like there's a war going on inside my head between the logical, emotional, and artistic sides of my brain. But I was wondering if either of you have ever been uncertain or conflicted about your feelings or opinions on a series, a character, or some other topic. Uh, first of all, absolutely. I mm. constantly am in that state. Uh, I try to discuss it when it comes up on the show of like, I still don't know how I really feel about this. I kind of have that with, um, elusive samurai where I'm like, I still mm-hmm. don't like part of me is like, I appreciate that this is well done and it's maybe just not for me. And then other parts of me are like, actually, I hate this and I want to stop talking about it. Uh, and then other parts of me are like, actually, it's it's better than you think. It, it's it's confusing sometimes. And characters are like that, too. We're like, I don't know if I like the, this person or not. Yeah, um, I we tend to just kind of bring it up when we're feeling that way during an episode. I find it hard to name particular examples because I don't think that there's anything going on right now that I have conflicted feelings about. Uh I like I don't feel conflicted about the elusive samurai. I just know that it's been very hit miss lately, for example. But I can say that that feeling does come up sometimes, even when my feelings about a series are like, I know what my opinion is. If I have a difficulty figuring out why I feel a certain way about something, it plagues me Uh, because I think I, the way I look at stuff, I try to compartmentalize and apply logic to how I feel subjectively about the fiction that I consume. I kind of always want to be able to express why that is. And sometimes you just get a vibe off of something that you just don't like and you're not really sure why. And I don't like that. Uh, I, I, I like always being able to express it. I like being able to come on the show after I've read something and say, I like this and here's why I didn't like this. And here's why. And sometimes I don't always feel that way about something. Like I'll, I'll be like, I don't know. I didn't really like this and I'm not really sure why. And I'll be like searching for the reason. And sometimes it's just a matter of something doesn't land with you and that's okay. Um, but even though I know that logically, Part of me still goes, I need to be able to justify why I feel this way. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's, I've got to be able to do it. And uh, sometimes you got to let things go. And sometimes I can't. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's. Yeah. I, I've talked about before that, like, sometimes thoughts like wires get crossed. I used to talk about how I hated Robin in back in the day in One Piece. And it was entirely just because somebody who was a huge Robin fan annoyed me <laughs> at one point in time. <laughs> That's understandable. It, it took me like a decade to like that character. I really hated Robin for a very long period of time. And now I'm like, actually, she's pretty fucking cool. 
Um, but like sometimes it is difficult to like process those feelings and anxiety plays a part. Uh, I frequently struggle just with the notion of like, am I not smart enough to understand this? Cause other people are enjoying it. Like they have this appreciation for it. I do. Why, why am I not smart enough and figuring it out in the same way? So like, I don't know. We all have insecurities. We're all bundles of, of weird chemicals and it helps a lot to, to pull back and say this is a medium of entertainment <laughs> and there aren't really invalid ways to feel about things and just having the opportunity to discuss it with people uh is is really cool uh so that that also helps a lot just talking things out with other people mm-hmm. yeah i think that it's very easy to fall into the pit trap of uh having discussions about a series you feel like you are on a on a side of an argument and you need to be able to defend it against someone who's got a conflicting viewpoint yeah and i do know that there are some people who just very much enjoy doing that i have had arguments like proper arguments with people that i find very i found very interesting to do that but in general you don't need to do that to have a good time when appreciating your fandom. It's much better to be able to have discussions with people. Yeah. And, you know, even if you have conflicting points of view on stuff, it's better to try and see things from someone else's point of view instead of trying to put their opinion down and defend your own. Because if you do that, it can help you to achieve either a new viewpoint or to better appreciate the one that you already have as a result of that. It, not everything is about having like the winning opinion on stuff, especially because this is all, you know, like silly stories about people who punch each other in the face and not everyone has to agree that it's good uh, or bad. Uh, I was, I, I w went and visited the Kagurabachi subreddit uh, the other day and I was mystified at the way that they behave uh, because uh, <laughs> apparently it all started as a joke and then it became sincere, but they still act insincere about the way that they enjoy it. So it's kind of Reddit, it's really weird. Reddit is a cesspool. I've I've it, I've it, I've always known it. I got dis I got tricked by it once once more in my life, and I've gone right back to it. I was like, there is truly nothing. It, it it breeds the worst in humanity. So yeah, it's 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 weird. Uh, so. If you feel like you have a difficult time knowing how you feel about something, I understand your pain, but it's also okay to feel that way yes. and just kind of, you know, figure it out later or figure it out by discussing stuff with people in a constructive manner. Yes. Hopefully. All right. I guess uh, that's it then. That's yeah. it for Weekly Manga Recap. Uh, talked about 100 Girlfriends and how much we they did. love you. Some say five times. Uh, and, uh, we, we did some Q and A's, so I hope everybody here was able to get their, their quality entertainment, but we'll be back with a regular episode next week. Uh, Nick, do you have anything? I, I guess you had to read us out, right? Yes. Uh, first off, the recommendation we're going to do next time is, look, it's been a while since we did it, so we're going to do Pokemon special. We're just going to do the next arc. Okay. Uh, so, uh, God, I, I had to look up what's the next arc. I, it's been over a year since we did it. I think the next one is Oras. I think. Okay, because we just did we do we did, or we... Did, did we do Heart Gold and Soul Silver last, or did we do Black and White last? 
My brain is telling me we did black and white, but I could be wrong. So I think the next one is Oras. Okay. Uh, If if it's not that, then I guess it would be Sun and Moon. Okay. Uh, But we'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. I stopped playing Pokemon a long time ago. X and Y would be before Sun and Moon. It would be. You're right. So. so but, I think it's six. But, but Oras shouldn't be at that point. Omega Red and Alpha Sapphire would have been later on. So is it X and Y? It, so this is going to be part of it. It's figuring X. out. <laughs> or is there a black? What no, because black, be. black 2, white 2, we did read. Because remember, we that. just joked about that. The characters' names were just like black 2, white 2. Uh, so it might just be X and Y, I think. I don't think there was anything after... Uh, Hang on a sec. I'm just going to look it up. Hang okay. on. Just... <laughs> it's X and Y. That's what we're going to okay. do next time. Okay, X and Y. Oh, boy. My favorite gen. I, all my favorite Pokemon. Well, Pangoro is there, so he is. <laughs> I take everything back. <laughs> I have never played this generation at all. So this Oh, be... you're going to run into a whole lot of freaks. Well, here's the thing. You're going to get Mega Evolutions. That was the big gimmick in that. Yeah. And you're going to see a bunch of this. You're like, thank God, the hair across is relevant again. Joke's on you, Nick. He's not Sucks. after that. Sucks, <laughs> Ever, they never brought back Mega Evolutions, so eat shit. Uh, yeah, so that'll be it next. Uh, not next time, but that'll be the next series we cover. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for Weekly Manga Recap. We will have more next week for a regular episode. We'll have chapters to discuss. It'll be fun. Uh, and we'll do that right here on twitch.tv slash reloadc. We do the show Wednesday evenings, usually around 7.30 to 8 Eastern time in the evening. Uh, and uh, you can follow along by joining the WMR Discord, which will be linked wherever this gets posted. You'll be able to know exactly when the stream goes live. You can take part in discussions with our wonderful community regarding uh, manga that we're reading, other stuff that has that all those geeky people like talking about. Uh, and uh, you can also find the Google Doc maintained by Ninja X3i. If you would like to ask us a question, you can post your question uh, on the server or in the document, and we'll get to it on a future Q&A episode. Yeah. Uh, we would love to thank everyone who supports us uh, just by watching the show, but also on Patreon, patreon.com slash recap, where we post bonus episodes uh, on a monthly basis. Uh, and we want to thank Milo Jack Stillitz, and Wensleydale Cheddar for creating the opening sequence of the video version of the show. By the way, happy birthday, Wensleydale. Yeah, happy birthday. And a Pokemon episode in your honor. Mm, yes. Wensleydale does a po- uh, Pokemon series. That's why we're doing the Pokemon yep. episode. Yes. <laughs> Nick, Nick knew yes. this all along. Knew about that. <laughs> uh, Lost my lost train of thought. Uh, if you would like to watch more Weekly Manga Recap, we post the episodes to YouTube, youtube.com slash Weekly Manga Recap in video form. That's where you can see the opening sequence that was done, that's done by Winsdale and Milo Jack Stilitz. Uh, and also there are occasional tile cars done by Steve Mann, whose artwork you can check out by just searching Steve Mann Art. It will be posted to many, many different places. Yes. Uh, and that uh, is about it. We're also on iTunes and Spotify, and all of our audio episodes are hosted on weeklymockerecap.podbean.com. Yes. All right. That is going to do it, everybody. Uh, Nick, give us our customary, uh, well-rehearsed song-like send-off. It's the send-off song. It isn't very long.